Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 117 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jerry Nelson. Jerry lives in Floresville, Texas, where he is a postmaster for the U.S. Postal Service. Welcome, Jerry. Hello, how are you today? I'm so glad to be talking to you today. You said you're traveling, so we're talking to you. You're actually not in Texas today. You're closer to my neck of the woods. Yes, ma'am. I'm in Charleston today. I love Charleston. A little humid, but fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been beautiful. All the history has been fantastic. It definitely is more humid. Well, I don't know what your part of Texas is like, but that part of, of the South, our part of the South is definitely, it's a different kind of humidity that a lot of people are used to. Houston, Galveston, Corpus, exact same weather it is here. Where I'm up a little more towards the hill country, it's not as humid. 
Well, it's definitely something to get used to. I love the heat, so I love going to the low country of South Carolina. So anyway, welcome. Welcome to our region. Um, you know, I like to start by asking everyone, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Yeah, just like everybody else, I have tons of history with weight loss. But to go back to actual intermittent fasting, in probably February of 2017, I had a tumor on my arm and I had to go to a doctor. They kind of rushed all this stuff because it was in the bone and had was going through that process. I had to get that taken out. And the doctor recognized me from he had worked doing knee surgeries. I've had quite a few knee surgeries, 14 knee surgeries. Wow. And uh, he remembered me from the doctor he worked with. And he after we took care of the tumor, one of the appointments, he said, hey, are you still going to have to have your knees replaced? And I'm like, well, yes, that tell me when I hit 50. <laughs> they, they've been telling me for 20 years, I'm going to have to have them replaced. And this was in probably April of 2017. He just on the side, he goes, well, you need to lose. Uh, it was about 365 at that point. You were 365 pounds? Yes. Wow. Well, if that's not my heaviest, this is, okay. I'll go back to it. But the, I was three, <laughs> six, about 365 at that point. And he wanted me to get to about 300 to do knee replacement. And he just kind of to the side whispered a couple of things, uh, keto and fasting. And uh, I said, okay, I'll, I'll start looking into it. And then just so you know how things work out, just so happened that Easter, I was we have a big Easter party at my uh, brother's house every year. And a bunch of every cousins, there's like 70 or 80 people end up showing up. And one of my cousins had lost like 70 or 80 pounds. And I had already lost like 30 or 40 doing For Our Body by Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you've ever read the book. Yep, I've read that. I, I read that a, a long time ago. <laughs> my son is the one who introduced that to me, but was doing that and was working pretty well. And um, then he told me about fasting. I was like, oh, that's the second time I've heard it. So let's start looking into it. And I, I did the same thing pretty much everybody else did. BC Code, your book, Gary Tobbs, Why We Get Fat, Good Calories, Bad Calories, Nina Teschel. The whole line just started getting reading, reading. Once you start going down the rabbit hole, <laughs> oh, yeah. you just keep going. So, but no, and I was kind of dabbling in it for most of the rest of that year until I had knee surgery, had the knee replacement. I was down to about 307, not doing it real strict. About 307 in uh, November 15th of 2017. And uh, I was down to actually about 307. But it was more of a just clean eating 10 hours, uh, not eating anything past six o'clock at night. And then my biggest thing, I've always been able to lose weight exercising. And my, like I said, I've had, I've had 18 different orthopedic surgeries, but 14 knee surgeries. And my, History with the military, everything was be in shape, get hurt, can't exercise, put the weight back on, didn't have to. So that was the cycle that kept going. That's been my cycle since high school. Okay. Okay. So I want to circle back to real quick. You mentioned that you were, you called it clean eating. And you also mentioned a whole lot of the the low carb gurus that you'd been yeah, reading. So correct. did you do low carb at that point? Are you still low carb? Actually, right now I am probably carnivore. Okay. Okay. I know you've talked about having your uh, DNA testing. Yeah. And you can have carbs. Yeah. I can't. All right. I okay. And here's the other part of this. 
my heaviest weight, I was 470. Wow. See, now people don't know. I can see you now. We're recording and I can see you. You do not look at all like someone who ever has had a weight problem, but 470. I was 470 and I had gastric bypass. And I, like I said, I've heard people on your podcast before about having the gastric bypass and it saved my life. If I wouldn't have had it, I got, I put in a thing on Facebook the other day. I probably had seven or eight years left. Wow. I was 39, 40 years old. I'm, I graduated the same year you did, 1986. I'm yes. 52 years old. I look younger now than when I was 37, well, probably 38. I got injured in the military, crushed my skull on my back, and uh, I was about 210 then, which is where my normal weight in the military was. And uh, with the steroids and the surgeries immediately, when I can't exercise and then take the steroids, put the weight on you, I went up to, I think, 310, 330 within about a year. Wow. So just without being able to exercise and with the medications, your weight just... Was that really the first time that you struggled with, with no, no. Okay. not being able to lose it? Okay. No. So to give everybody context, let's, okay. yeah. Yeah, let's go back to history content. I'm a big person. I'm 6'3". I, I probably weighed 160 in fourth grade. Okay. Uh, in seventh grade, I was when I was twelve, I was five ten, two forty five. Jet going in between the seventh grade, but I was I would do whatever my coaches told me to do. Like they told me to come in my freshman year, hey, you need to weigh two seventy. So I come in weighing two seventy, and then I was three ten my junior year, which for what I did in football, it was wasn't needed. But the bigger you, better you were. I did the weight sports and track, shot put, discus. And then when I had a new coach come in and says, hey, you're going to play tight end next year. I don't need you to be a lineman, so I need you to come in at 235. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot to lose at that age. I went from 305 to 235 in about seven months and came in the next year actually wearing 228. Wow. And I love that you could just dial it in back at that time, right? Your coach said, weigh this. You said, okay. (laughs) Well, and it's weird. Like I said, it's it's a cycle, and I never – wouldn't like everybody talks about, you know, the weight watchers and whatever you did to lose weight. Mine would just be now I would tell you if this was five years ago, I said, it's calories in calories out and through exercise and cutting down on eating, I could get there. But like I said, my thing was there was going to be an injury. And when you can't exercise, you're taking that one variable away. No more out, right? Your calories out out. sure has changed. Even (laughs) though you could reduce it and you could Mm -hmm. still do the workload what you thought was the workload. But this is what I've realized over this last two or three years is that it wasn't ever really the calories in, calories out. It To me, it's all hormones. It's oh, completely yeah. hormones. The So part of the rest of that is I get out of high school, I get injured again, go to college, of course, drinking and having a good time. Eating pizza at two o'clock in the morning, breakfast tacos in Texas, big, you know, breakfast tacos at four o'clock in the morning, not being out, not exercising, you put the weight back on. Now I was probably 315 again, 320 again, and decided I was gonna go into the military. And guy says, that gotta weigh 235, 240 to get in. I said, all right, just start exercising again. And sure enough, within eight months I was 235, 240 again. 
get in the military. And then what they don't tell you is to actually stay in the military, you got to weigh 195. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's for, six, for your height, the, so for, for your height, height, they want you to weigh 195. It goes by height and age. The older okay. you get, you can put on a little more pounds. But for me at the time, it was 189. I was six, two and a half. 189 is where I had to be. But it would just be exercise, watch what I ate three or four days before the PT test, which is also your way in for the military. Kind of slack off when you're eating a little bit, take your PT test, get your way in. Boom. You've got another three months to go. Most people take one PT test and weigh in every year. The job I had, we had to do it four times a year. So it was a good weight thing for me to keep me in balance to you know, you've got to stay here. So so you had to stay right there tight around that below the 200 mark. Yeah, there's certain requirements. You have to take a PT test. It's push-up, sit-ups, two-mile run for the Army. It's different for Air Force and Marines. Most people to pass, you have to score 180, 60 points in every category. For us, you had to – my job, I had to score 240. It's a little bit higher, harder in the push-up, sit-ups, and the two-mile run. I didn't wear – I wore civilian clothes. I wore a suit. I was a, a bodyguard. And okay. uh, protective service division, which was part of being an MP. So you had to look good in a suit. You had to be able to hide your weapon and all this other stuff. So they were just really strict about it. And you had to be in just top shape because you were protecting people right there one, by, one on one. Yeah, And it was stressful hours. So you had to be in shape just to deal with, you might have 22, 28 hours up in a row and then have a downtime again, which the sleeping kills your hormones. It's just so bad for you now that you look back at it. You're like, I'm glad you're 20 when you go through that. Right. You, you were young. Do that at 50. You can't <laughs> That's do true. It. You can't do it at 40. But. Our hormones recover better when we're younger than when we get older. And then things start, yeah. Much better. Much better. <laughs> just now, if I don't, you know, they say my kids call me grandpa because I need to get sleep at eight. I get up, early, but I have to get up. I get up at 3.30 every morning. Oh, gosh. Three, yeah. Between 3.30 and 4. So 7.30 or 8, it's bedtime. I got I I to go. So yeah. <laughs> I get it. So how long were you able to keep that weight within that tight range while you were in the military? I was in for seven years, went through two knee surgeries, or tore ACL. You know, the weight fluctuated about 220, but they don't weigh you and everything. They give you a year to recover, get back. Probably back back down to 192, 193, pretty much stayed there. And then I um, uh, was transferring back to the States. I went to White Sands Missile Range out in New Mexico and got injured, crushed my skull and my lower back in uh, just a training accident. And uh, had to have I had plates in my head and uh, some other issues, but went through that. And the biggest issue was weight gain. Right. And then that was different. Now, it wasn't just from eating, it was from steroids. And that's completely kind of different. It's a lot of fluid, a lot of inflammation. And that really, to me, that's when there was no get coming back from that on the hormones. It was really messed up. So I think a lot of us have like a triggering moment that we can say that I know for me when it was, it happened in 2005. But before that, I could always, you know, do right. things. And um, and you know, what's interesting is there was also a hormonal trigger for me. It was a, a female kind of hormonal thing. But at that point, all of a sudden, my weight started to change. I just really think a lot of us are like before this thing happened and then after this thing happened. It's easy, right? When you're at a certain – yeah. I mean, it was easy for a while. And then at a certain point, 
I, mean, I guess it's the best way to say it, it works until it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, yes. you're like, yeah. this stuff I used to do doesn't quite work anymore. So, but it did. And we would have been like the first to say it's just calories in, calories out. I would have been one of the group moderators in our Facebook group was talking with her, her own personal child, her 21 year old, who's like a fitness enthusiast who thinks fasting is just garbage because it's just calories in, calories out. Right. I'm like, well, she's not open to hearing it now, but maybe in about 20 years, she'll get. (laughs) And it's funny because, like, so my, my son, um, he he went and played college basketball in Kansas, a small school in Kansas. He was always in athletics. He was a chubby kid till he was in I can remember it, Dad, I don't want to be chubby anymore. And he was a good basketball player, but he was a little bit overweight. But he was a big kid too. And he I said, you know what? Don't drink sodas. Quit drinking sodas, quit right. eating bread. That's all I told him. Quit eating sodas. And then eat bam. Bread. You'll be fine. And he's <laughs> stage slim. He's when he went to college, he's about six three, about one seventy-five, one eighty. And that's where that Tim Ferriss book came in. I went to visit him and for about two weeks, and I was watching about four or five of his college basketball games, and he was just shredded. And I'm like, okay, something's changed in the in the last month and a half since I haven't seen you. And that's what it was. He he'd always eaten right, but he had actually not knowing it. And that's what I'll get to in a minute. I, he was fasting, still eating everything four times a day, but eating probably in a seven hour period. Okay, and it really helped him. And that's. Kind of, I, I took when I switched over to doing the four hour body in that last part of 2017. I was like, you know what? I'm going to compress in this window. This is what makes me so mad is all the times in the military, you know, you join the military, you're going to lose weight. And it's everybody thinks it's because you're always running, calories in, calories out. And they do, they restrict, they call it the fat boy program. When you're in the fat boy <laughs> program, when you go in, you get in line and they put you with a skinny person. And that skinny person is going to get a lot of your food. Like if you grab corn, they're getting your corn. If you grab bread, they're getting your bread. You're going to get meat and green vegetables and water. If you grab anything other than that, they're just going to take it off your plate and give it to the skinny person. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's, that's just the way it works. You got nothing to do with that. You can't help it. They're going no, I, to. <laughs> you're not, you could, we had one guy. He, you know, most of we got used to it in a week. One guy, he was going to fight the system the whole time. He'd load up his tray every single time, sit down, the drill sergeant, take his tray, give it to the skinny guy, go get him a plate, <laughs> set it down a plate. So. But That's what funny. it was, when you think back at it, and then every time I went to a training school, I would eat more than I ate when I wasn't in school. And I would still lose weight. And you're like, I know I'm eating at least 2,000 calories more a day. I know I am. But unknowingly, and it's not for every unit, but my unit, like I said, I trained to be an MP, and they do what's called OSIT. So you do eight weeks of basic training, had one day off. And then you do 11 weeks of your military police training all at the same unit where most people go different places. And we were strict all the way through that 19 weeks. We wake up at five. Well, you wake up at four. You go start running and do your exercise at five o'clock. We didn't start eating, get chance to get to breakfast until about eight, eight fifteen. And whether they did it on purpose or not, we didn't eat past five o'clock. Okay, so you had a compressed window. You had a even... compressed window, and you thought you were on a diet because they took all your food away. It wasn't. You were. It was time restricting. And then every school later on, I would, I'd be around. 200 pounds, knowing that I need to get down back around the 190 PT test coming up. You'd go to school for 30, 40 days, and you're like, man, I'm going to weigh 225 when I come out of here. I've eaten so much. And you come out, and lo and behold, you're 190 again. But again, 
you wake up, you do your PT. And I did not do PT. When you're in training for my job, I did tons more PT. I mean, one of the generals I guarded, he used to run to work and we ran with him. We had to run with him at seven miles every morning into work and slow, slow. <laughs> it took a long time. And you're in the fasted state, right? So you're running on your stored fat. Right. So you're, you're good. And then in training, you would, again, you would eat in an eight to nine hour window where when I wasn't eating as much, but I would, I'd run with him, eat, but you would eat till eight o'clock and nine o'clock that night because you were out, still out with them working. You were working 14 to 19 hours a day. So your window was 15 to 16 hours of eating and eating a lot less. And like I said, every time you go to training, you compress the window, you ate more, but you lost weight. And it, you never thought about it that way until now. Now, in hindsight, you're like, hindsight, well, now, now I understand, right? Now, you're, now in hindsight, you're thinking, I lost weight because I cut my calories and I was, and I knew it, but I knew I wasn't exercising more, but it was just, you lost weight because you it was in a compressed window. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's like you said, if, you know, the youth is wasted on the young because there you go. <laughs> if, if you would have known it back then. Again, I, I would have sworn up and down, oh, you just eat a little less, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. move a little more because you just, it, and it also worked for us back then, right? It did. Like I said, it worked until it quit working until it quit so when it quit working for you for real you it were you'd had the accident you were um, on the steroids you had lots of inflammation going on yes is it was that the path to getting to what did you say 470 yeah you could even get weighed in on a scale (laughs) you know they don't make scales how long did it take you to get up to that point it relatively fast i probably i know the heaviest recorded weight I did was actually, I used to work at the plant, post office plant in San Antonio, and we had a scales outside on the dock that you actually push the equipment on to weigh the mill. And they went up to 1,600 pounds. And I would walk out there to weigh because I hadn't weighed since I was, I hit over 400 because this doctor's scale didn't go over 400. And I walked on there and I weighed 467 one time. And I was like, ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not good. Was that like the wake up call moment when you were like, okay, that's that's a big number. Yeah, I was thinking five hundred, and then just there was, you know, I was wasn't thirty five yet, and with all my injuries, I was thinking this is not going to do. And I I'd gone to my doctor, and he's like, you know, he, he had suggested gastric bypass a couple of times, and I got where I wasn't sleeping. Other than that, I had really no health issues, no metabolic issues. Not uh, no, yet, right? Not yet, but you know, diabetes is going to be around the corner. Blood, pr- I didn't have blood pressure problems, but you knew that was coming. No cholesterol problems, but you knew that was coming. I actually, like I said, I, this is going to. Everybody says this. I didn't eat that much. I ate crap. Right. <laughs> I did not eat good. That's the part that probably felt so so like puzzling because you didn't feel like you were overeating necessarily. You just knew it was not, you know high-quality food. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah, and you look back, and somebody said this on your podcast the other day, and it's that taste of batter here. You're making pancakes, for, and you taste uh-huh. here. Taste, you know, it's constant all day long. Hey, I didn't eat but two meals today, but, man, I probably nibbled and ate for 12 hours, 15 hours straight. My insulin never got a chance to come down, nothing. And you look back and say, man, I didn't eat that bad today. I only ate 1,500, 1,600 calories, but it was constant. And yeah. like I said, again, if we would have known then, well, we know now. But I got up to about, I got up to 470, decided to have the gastric bypass. And what year was that? That would have been 2001. Okay. And there's a comedian that does a joke. I was too fat for fat loss surgery. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they actually, back then, they wouldn't do the surgery because actually the doctors that did the surgery in Texas, the one that I was going to go to, their equipment wasn't big enough. Okay. So I had to lose, get down to 410 pounds to have the surgery. And they sent me to Louisiana, had the surgery, responded very well. Like I said, it it saved my life because I don't think I would have got there any other way. It's Weight loss is really, really fast, <laughs> gastric bypass. But I don't know if you've seen people that have gone through the gastric bypass when they lose weight that fast. You're just not able to eat. And right. I lost 95 pounds in 90 days. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And then I was at six months, I was 140 down. And so I went and almost lost 300 pounds altogether because I went from 470 to 177. That's remarkable. 293 pounds in about a 15 months, 14 months. That's astonishing. How did you feel? At the time, I felt great because I started running again, and I ran five or six marathons. Uh, I ran two ultra marathons, a 31-miler and a 50-miler. Of course, I got hurt again, and then (laughs) this slowly starts creeping up. And as people have talked to you on your podcast before, it's the weight doesn't come back real fast because you aren't. You're still restricted on what you can eat. 
for a while. It plays out about a two or three year, four year period. And then once I got hurt again, I couldn't, I was probably controlling it more with exercising. But again, you're also trained to where you're eating seven or eight really small meals. And uh, like when you're training for the ultra marathon, every Saturday, Sunday, you're running 21 miles. And then I was running 21 miles on Saturday, 22 miles on Sunday, and then eight to 10 miles every day during the week. So you're running almost 100 miles a week. So you was having to get a lot of calories in, but there were a bunch of small meals. I would start eating at six in the morning and eat till eight o'clock at night. So I would have, I thought, the carbs and everything I needed to exercise. Because that's a lot of exercise. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of exercise. A <laughs> hundred a week. Wow. And it wasn't, and of course, it, it's not good for your joints. And like right. I said, that's where all my knee problems come in. And that's when I ended up slowly but surely over the next 13 or 14 years back up to 367. Yeah. And I, I know that was probably very frustrating. Uh, you feel like a failure. Right. You know how people talked about it before you like, because you know, people saw you when you were at the end and then they see you again and you're like, okay, why couldn't you control it this time? You feel like it's, I wouldn't say like, okay, I can't do something. You're admitting failure in this one aspect of your life. No matter how successful you're doing something else, how come I can't control this part? If I can do all these other things, like you've talked about before, you know, I can get my doctorate. How come I can't control? How come I cannot figure out this part? And that's what it is. You feel like I have, I think I have everything else under control. Why can I fix this? I, I understand it, what I thought I understood, right. but you think you understand. And I think that's a frustrating part. And also, I mean, you have shown, I mean, we listening to you, we know you were running 100 miles a week at at certain points and getting up in the morning and running with generals when you are doing your job. You are not somebody who we would say is unmotivated or unwilling to to do hard things, you know. (laughs) One time I was so embarrassed. This is after I had my surgery in the military, and I was probably at 270, 280, and I was used to running – 1120, 1140, two-minute miles. I mean, two miles in 1140, which would max my PT test, to they did a battalion run, and I couldn't finish a three-mile run. And, you know, it's slow, 10-minute yeah. pace. And, you know, you just go from there, and you're like, man, it just whoo, dropped down fast. Right. <laughs> but it, I don't know, I all that that's happened, all the injuries, everything else, I I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything because I don't think I would – I wouldn't have done the work to get now the research and everything else if it was still easy, that easy. I get that, yeah. You know, you had to get where it wasn't easy to say, okay, what's going to change it? And like you've always talked about the picture, your picture on vacation. Mine was a picture of me. And like most people say, sometimes it's from the backside because you're used to seeing the front <laughs> side. <laughs> it's that backside picture and you're going, well, who the hell is that? Yeah. And then, then, then <laughs> oh you're my gosh, you go, that's me. You go, holy crap, that is me. <laughs> and then there's all, uh, my I had two granddaughters at the time. I have a th- another grandchild now. And and I think that's one of, after I was talking to the doctor and I knew I was going to have the knee surgery, I was starting to come down the way. I, you had this realization that, and I think that's what it was. I saw the picture, the realization that, I'm having a knee replacement. I'm going to gain the 40 pounds that I've lost back, probably more. And there's not a lot of 360, 70-pound, 58-year-olds walking around. So I said, I'm not even going to get to see my granddaughters in junior high, much less graduate high school, see them get married. 
Now, you know, I'm not even going to make it to the junior high years, which is really, that's, I think that was my realization moment was, okay, got to try something different, got to do something different. Because, the, you know, it, it doesn't, if you've, you've already had the, the weight loss surgery, you've already tried these things, going back up, you're like, what else is there to do? You feel you're so kinda, You're kind of like, <laughs> okay, there's, you know, you're, you're frustrated to maybe I'm just not meant for this. And like I said, right. the, the 14 knee surgeries, when you say it out loud, you're like, man, that's a lot of knee surgeries. And, you know, it's just, you know, when people, I hear them on podcasts and different podcasts, not only yours, but in other things, or just when they, well, I'm in bad health. I get it, but it's now with, intermittent fasting and then and i don't care how you eat i don't care if you're carnivore keto ketotarian high carb low carb if you just eat clean and you fast it's gonna make a world of difference how you how you implement the rest of it i don't think really matters as much is i know what i can't do and also know what i'm doing right now that's probably what i'm not going to be doing in six months because it's changes for me constantly the one thing i keep doing is experimenting so that's what I said. So I would say I have the, the intermittent fasting part sparingly. And then when I had the surgery on the first knee replacement in November of 2017, that's when I said, okay, I started doing all the research on the intermittent fasting I could. And I'd already read the books, did more. And then I probably haven't stopped intermittent fasting really since probably November of 2017. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So what protocol did you start out with at the beginning? How has that evolved over time? Uh, First 16 and eight, just to do 30 days to see, kind of set it up doing keto at the time, which I think made it a little bit easier for me because I said, I just do not tolerate carbs at all. At all, and I'm a beer lover. We're from Texas, you know. We like to go, oh. out, go out, go country, go country dancing, drink your beer, right. and just no beer is not good for me. But just did pretty strict keto, but 16 and eight for about 30 to 60 days. That was after surgery, and you all you're doing is rehab, and kept it up. It's a slow. I the one thing I really love about it, and I know people this is gonna get much get upset with this especially when i'm reading stuff on facebook i'm plateauing and i'm doing this and it took 50 years to get that big my i have like a i call it a five-year plan or 10-year plan the more i plateau if i'm at seven months at a plateau or six months at a plateau i kind of look at it as that's my new reset that's my permanent body reset composition and then okay i'll stay i'm here i'm here for six months now I don't have to ever worry about going back past that. Then I start, you know, I'll get really strict and I drop the weight again and maybe I'll spend two months Kinda there. Like stair-stepping your yeah. way down, and but you're on a, a platform for yeah. a while. I enjoyed yeah. the journey going up. Why not enjoy it coming down? Enjoy the little things. And, and I can pretty much go where I, when I came out of rehab, you know, scared to death. I, I still at this point wasn't sure. You know, intermittent fasting. Is it like everything else? You know, is it going to work for a little while until it doesn't work? And this is, you know, after knee replacement, had some medicines. I will always worry about medication. And I don't take, I hardly ever stay on my pain medicine, but they say, you have to stay on it. You have to stay on it. I just scared. I have a 
personality where I get, I think I would get addicted to stuff. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so I understand that, that too. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so I cut pretty much cut that stuff real fast. And then the first time I weighed was two about that's five, six weeks back at the doctor. And I was down seven pounds from when I went in to have the surgery. And I'm like, okay. And I was eating twice a day at that point, probably seven hours, six hours. And kept that up for, that was probably a 292, all the way down to 272. I probably kept the 16 and 8, 17 and 7, pretty consistently. And then said, okay, what am I going to do now? Like I said, every 90 days I try to change it. said, okay, I'm going to do the warrior diet, which is 19 and 5. And I forget the gentleman's name, but. Ori Hoffmeckler? I think that's her, Ori Hoffmeckler. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I did that and. I'm not someone who's really dogmatic or really strict. Mm-hmm. It's whatever pops up. Yesterday, my like normally on this trip, I'd start eating around one or two. Because right now, I'm pretty much for the last five to six months, I've been one meal a day, 20 and four. But we walked into Toast here in Charleston. I guess they're going uh, for their breakfast. <laughs> I ate there when I was just in Charleston. It was so good. Well, did you, if you saw the picture of that French toast, that apple uh, stuff French toast, which is not carnivore and it's not keto. No, it's not. And I'm sitting there and my <laughs> wife goes, well, I'm going to get the chicken and uh, their eggs and everything. I said, okay, well, I'll get the French toast because she loves sweets. And uh, she goes, okay, and we'll kind of eat off of it. Oh, it was, oh my God, it was delicious. We started with, we had Bloody Marys with oh, yeah, bacon yeah. in the Bloody Marys. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I had the Eggs Benedict because I'm a sucker for some Eggs Benedict with grits. Yum. Eggs Benedict. We had their eggs complete or something that had the fried green tomato with the yeah. crab cake on top with the eggs and then the sauce. The people I was with had, they had that and the French toast. They split yeah. that, but I had the regular eggs Benedict and grits. Yeah, we split. Oh my God, it was good. It was good. But we walked around. We probably walked eight or nine miles yesterday just walking around, but I paid for it because that's not my normal window. And so our last meal though, like I said, we ate Probably about nine o'clock in the morning. Then we ate again around two, and then that was it yesterday afternoon. Now, are y'all still there today? We're gonna be here till Wednesday. Are you gonna eat anywhere tonight? Have you do you have plans? I have a recommendation. Give us a recommendation. <laughs> we went to a place called Macintosh. I okay. think it is. It's right there on King Street. That's where we're staying. We're staying at King okay. Street. Okay, so. Macintosh is or Macintosh, something like that, and they have something called bone marrow bread pudding. Oh. Which sounds so weird. I, it does. I, it sounds so weird. And I like, I'm not ordering that, but everyone kept talk, raving about it on all the reviews. Get the bone marrow bread right. pudding. Get, and I'm like, that sounds really disgusting. I will not be getting that. So I ordered, <laughs> you know, what I would normally right. order. And the person sitting beside me had that. And I'm like, well, let me just have one bite. And then the waiter came by and I was like, I would like my own dish. <laughs> Wait, yeah. That's what <laughs> it was with. amazing. So try it. Okay. We'll try that because we, we went, uh, people found out we were there. There was stationed within the military and some other places. And then they're like, hey, try this place. Try and that food has been excellent. It's wonderful. Uh, we, we ate at Hilton Head on the way up from Biloxi. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was delicious too. Yeah, so my diet's going to be blown, but it's not. So what used to happen, if I went somewhere, I was always worried about stuff. I really don't worry about it anymore because I know what I really have exactly. to just, just get when I come back I get strict real strict and like I said I'm pretty much my diet consists of ribeye steak bacon Kerrygold butter hamburger patties we have butcher box 
that has everything delivered. The regular restaurants I go to, like they know I'm going to order a steak and no sides, six pieces of bacon. And that's Love what it. I have. And, and you feel great. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. The, yeah. My cholesterol, all my numbers are fine. It's kind of funny. One of the surgeries I had, and this is when I probably weighed about 300 pounds. This is after I was running. So when I was running, my pulse rate, running 100 miles, my was around 33 or 34 is my my resting pulse rate. So even when I'm sitting there and the anesthesia, you know, they're doing the prep before the surgery, they come in, they're like, well, sir, you need to tell us if you took anything. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. And they go, well, did you eat this morning or did you take something? I'm like, no, you didn't take anything to relax. I'm like, no. And this one doctor has done like seven of my surgeries, but this is the anesthesiologist and the lady talking to me because they're seeing a big fat guy and my pulse rate was 54. And they're like, well, he took something. And then my doctor finally walks in. And he goes, he used to run all the time and he's fine. Leave him That's alone. just him. That's, That's just him. He's, he's, he's good. <laughs> he's good. He's not going to have no issues. So. Oh, gosh. But no, all, all my stuff is like everybody sees me and they're like, why do you, you eating bacon, all that meat, your cholesterol? I'm like, uh, I got some books for you to read. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. And your body tolerates that really, really well. And that's, that's the key. I do eat avocados. Yeah. Jalapeno peppers pretty consistently. That would be the, like I said, I'm about 95% carnivore, lots of liver once or twice a week, which I used to, when I was a kid, if you would have showed me liver, oh, hated it. No, my <laughs> wife can't stand for it to be in the house. She just like, well, you know, not. like you just never know. Maybe I would like liver now. I did like bone marrow bread pudding, like I said. Well, so. as I said that it, some some things have my taste buds have changed. But okay, you know how when you're growing up, all the, your your elders would be like, "Well, it's gonna rain." They got a bad, you know, their knee. My knee hurts. It's oh, gonna yeah, rain. Yeah. You know, strong. Okay, so now that you're completely in tune when you're doing the intermittent fasting with your body, I have. I call my different body parts that I know when I had something I wasn't supposed to eat. If I drink alcohol, I don't have good bones evidently because like I said, tons of orthopedic injuries. I had broke in my ankle and tore the ligaments in it. So if I drink alcohol, well, I, not if I drink, if I have a glass of wine or a beer, I'm fine. Right. I have two. My ankle is going to be stuck in the morning. It gets swollen from inflammation and I have to literally kind of like pop it back <laughs> yeah. to get it going. And it's just because your body's telling you, hey, you got inflammation. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> You're right. I'm a lot more sensitive to alcohol than I used to be. And oh, it makes yeah. a huge difference to me. And it the change, I used to could not stand an IPA. I do not like IPAs. And now I can't stand other beer. And I do like IPAs. So it's too... At things change. I like I said, I wouldn't eat liver. I eat liver now. I will try things just to see a good, really good baked potato or really good fried country fried potatoes with a little bit of onions and love that stuff. You just can't eat it. Right. You can really tell how you feel. That's like me with sugar. I've talked about it a million times. Well, yeah, like I said your restless legs and it's a yeah. Same, I get what's called, and I don't know if you everybody's ever talked about this. If they've had gastric bypass, they know what I'm talking about. A sugar rush or like yesterday after I ate that, and I ate about four bites of that French toast, that apple stuffed French toast. I am sweating. Looks like I'm fixing to pass out. My face turns red. 
I, and I'm walking. I have to walk around for the next two hours, drink probably a gallon of water to try to flush all that through my system. And I was like, well, why would you do that if you know that's going to happen? Well, God dang it, sometimes. I, sometimes it you just really, do it. It looks really good. You got to try it. <laughs> right. I, I would have felt bad if I didn't try it. You know what's going to happen. You take responsibility no, for it. Yeah. You're like, you know, I'm going to have this. And... I'm an adult now. I can, you know, I'm making <laughs> right. this decision. I, I'm going to pay for it, but I'm going to only pay for it once a year or once every four or five months. And I, I you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not strict on everything. I'm not dogmatic. I will celebrate when it's time to celebrate. Uh, we had my, fr- I have a group of friends. We're around the Austin area. We they have tons of breweries up there, and we go on brewery tours. We used to before the, all this with the, the pandemic. Pandemic, and I knew that one weekend. I'm well. They're going to drink all weekend, but I'm only going to pick one day, and I'm going to drink that one day, and I'll have my beers, and that's it. I'm good. And the next day, I'm fine going back to where I was, and I don't have to worry about. It. I'll be back to normal by Wednesday of that next week. So I just I know what to do now. I'm not really worried about it. I don't get scared. Tons of NSVs. I mean, all. Tell us about them. I bet, well, I bet there I don't, are. I haven't had the gray hair, as you can tell. I, the gray hair hasn't gone away. It's mine gonna, either. It's gonna, you can't see mine, but it's covered up by blonde. It, it's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna stay. Well, I shave. Like I said, I shave the side of my head. I cannot stand long hair. My injury from the military. I have a scar that runs all the way across the top. Okay. And everything in the front turned gray almost immediately, and then everything on the back kind of stayed dark for a while but it for some reason i just can't stand to have long hair so i shave it on the sides and it's... but the gray hair didn't go away no, not for me no. either although when people say say that it has them i believe them but that's such a wacky thing we hear it all the time but it did not happen for me <laughs> I'm, and i'm gonna say something in a minute I don't know, half people are gonna be like no that didn't happen but the skin clearing up i have loose skin so when i had the gastric bypass i said i went from I lost 300 pounds in about 15 months. So there's tons of loose skin. This time, 367. And right now, I'm about uh, 205. I got down to 197. But I've been around 205 probably the last two or three months because I've been lifting. One of the things I purposely did in 2018 is I had my other knee, had the other knee uh, replaced on December 31st of 2018. So I said, you know what? This is a perfect experiment time. I did not work out for one year on purpose just because I wanted to – all the other times I lost weight because I was working out. And so you it. wanted to see what, what is not from the working out. Right. And I'm also I'm, – I'm uh, probably lazy by nature, and I really enjoyed not working out for that whole year. <laughs> and someone said, well, let's go do this. Nope, that's a workout. I'm not doing that. Somebody who used to run 100 miles a week does not sound lazy to me. That's all. Awesome. I mean, I said I don't I, – I would play golf. Everybody makes fun of me like – because I, we just moved into the golf course last year. We just moved like four miles from our other house. We bought another house and lived on the golf course and bought a golf cart. So I'm out playing a lot. As soon as I get back off of work, most of the time I'm out. So I'm always in the sun. So I'm a lot darker than I used to be. But just the skin this time, as far as not having loose skin, for the first time in a long time, I have muscle definition through my chest wow. and through my arms. And but I've started working out this year, and it's really made a difference to working out in a fasted state. It's I know that you're talking about the human growth hormone. Man, it makes such a big difference. I I went from even though I was around two two twenty two thirty, I'm two o five now. Just the gains in strength 
and the tone in the shoulders and everything. I still have a lot of stuff around my uh, stomach, but it's slowly but surely getting smaller. You can see your body working on that right. skin. Right. The body, yeah. they said the body recomp. I, and like I said, I had actually got down to what, 192, but that was after a prolonged fast. Okay. One of the other things I had, a uh, part of one of my injuries was like, said, in my back when I got hurt in the military. And I knew it was going to, I was supposed to have back surgery 20 years ago for that. And I just, that's one thing I just never wanted to do. And it got to where both my hands were numb constantly, hard to drive. Bottom three fingers on both hands were constantly numb. And I knew what it was. So it went in and they're like, well, we're going to have to do surgery. And I'm like, man, I've gone this far. I do not want to have surgery again. And then he starts telling you, you're going to go through the front of your neck. You have to move your vocal cords. You're not going to be able to talk for a couple of months. You might have a different voice when it comes back. And I have a horrible voice. I know everybody's listening. He's going to be like, yeah, you do. <laughs> you do not have a horrible voice. <laughs> but I was like, okay, if I'm I, with work, I have to talk. And I just, you know what? I'm not going to do this. So it's got to be something to do with inflammation. Even though I'd been really strict with my fasting, I'd seen all the gains in my knees shoulders all the ankles feet everything so i did a seven day fast and went back to normal feeding protocols i've had feeling in both my hands since then wow so the numbness went away i know no I, one's no, gonna I believe, believe you i know no <laughs> one's gonna everyone's gonna be like how did that work but i really do believe that it's the autophagy from and the stem cells and the swelling that was because I, I I could actually tell in my back my wife said you know you could feel right there that you have a knot and that at seven days a knot went away. My big disclaimer is for people who want to do a fast longer you know for for right, a healing right. type purpose, I recommend that you are working with a medical professional just to make sure you know that you're monitored and safe if you're doing anything beyond seventy two hours. But I one hundred percent believe that our bodies work on things you know just. People who have said they had C-section scars for 30 years and, and now they're gone. I mean, that sounds made up, but, but I believe it because enough people have reported it. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. I don't think the, any prolonged fast is good for weight loss. I just... Right. If you have an inflammation problem, people that uh, on one of my hands, it would swell up. If I drink alcohol, my left hand will swell. I have no idea why. I, but that's one of the where I had that surgery with a part. They took out part of my arm, part of a bone out of my arm when I had that tumor. And I think that has probably something to do with it. And I try to do a 42-hour fast once a month. And that's about as long as I go. 
I like food. I like, I like steak and bacon. <laughs> Me too. I haven't skipped a day of eating since 2016. You know, I have. I'm watching. You know, one of our fabulous moderators is hosting Mealless Mondays. Yeah, you know, she started I saw, yeah, I saw started with that, and and it's really taking off. And I, I like that idea. And normally, I can't. I do probably go my longest on Mondays because I'll usually have my granddaughters on Sundays and or we'll just eat like a late lunch on Sundays and then go. I won't eat again until supper Monday night. It's almost 28 hours, mm-hmm. and it's just natural right now. It's just easy. And I'm just not real strict on anything anymore. I just – whatever comes that – I'm just going to move it. My wife has eaten pretty much the same way with me, but she's like your husband. She's she's 5'10". When she had the baby, she weighed 150. Wow. Or, you know, <laughs> she, she's always – I think the heavier she's been is – as an, she's a second grade teacher. She's probably one forty. She's gonna kill me. One forty two, one forty three. That's tiny though for five ten. She's itty bitty. And she's when just eating paleo and with yeah. me. Uh, she's about one twenty eight, one twenty nine. And then oh my uh, gosh! But yeah. she started. She has a shoulder issue. She's gonna blame it on me because I want to work out. We were doing one time, <laughs> but but to make it feel better, she has. She cannot do. I know. You talk about this all the time. She is never, ever, ever, ever going to do black coffee. Ever. Well. <laughs> no. For she she doesn't eat breakfast, but she'll have. Right. She'll do what you know, we call a dirty fast. She'll do that. But she, the last two weeks, she has not started. She, she still starts with coffee. She started. But she, okay. she starts at, She's working on it. at 6 o'clock in the morning. She has it at 10 o'clock in the morning, and she closes her window at 6. And she's been fine. She's really enjoyed it. People like her and like my husband, you know, he never has struggled with his weight. And we recently had blood work done. His fasting insulin level was so low. It's remarkably low. Yeah. I bet your wife says too. So when you're someone who's naturally thin, like the two of them, and you have just low levels of normally, you know, fasting insulin, they can, quote, get away with more. They, they can. And <laughs> I am not excusing that because <laughs> – but you know what I mean. Yeah, and she loves she loves sweets. I mean, her right. – she has a – but she eats healthy sweets. And, mm-hmm. like, we went to Oktoberfest last year with a, uh, another friend back to – because I was stationed in Germany for seven years. And we went back, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be – how much weight am I going to gain right here? Because I'm going to drink tons of beer. And, right. But when I came back, I had actually lost one pound. We were there gone for nine, ten days. But everything over there is really clean. And I, I didn't stay keto. I had you know good German pastry, man. It was just delicious. And had my beer. and But I kept everything within a window. I think the longest window I had, like I know you said when you go on vacation, you might extend it eight, nine hours. I think my lowest longest window was nine hours. Right. Most parts, six hours. And lost a pound. We walked a lot. And I kind of figured with both of those offsetting. And it was. It was fine. Came back the same way. Actually, pants were a little looser. Love it. I really think people talk about traveling to Europe and they come back and I think the food is just different there. Well, the wheat. Uh, right. I had a friend of mine that he's lactose intolerant, severe. And he had pizza for the first time in 22 years when he was in Italy. And no issues. He comes back. He goes, maybe I'm not lactose intolerant. <laughs> I'm intolerant to whatever, whatever junk. Yeah. And he eats a pizza and he's sick as a dog. Yeah. They, you know, that Michael Pollan 
book, yes. Series yes. cooked when I was watching it on Netflix. I remember the bread episode. I, that might have been air. Is that the air? Whatever. Whatever was the one they talked about bread. They talked about people who are you know, gluten intolerant yeah. in the United States, or but not, not in there. Europe, right? Well, so the, <laughs> the beer, uh, Bavarian has what they call the Bavarian beer laws. So the beers can only have four ingredients, yeast, barley, wheat, and water. So there's not a whole lot of taste difference, but it's just so clean compared to stuff you have here with all everything mixed in with it. And, and we don't even know what they're putting in because they're not required to list the ingredients, right. which is just shocking. You know, I was trying to Every find something. Every time you see something that says all natural, you're just like, yeah. no. You read the – you can't even see ingredients in, the, in all those things. So it's like, I, well, I don't want that because I don't even know what it is. It's really changed, like, everything. I'm, I, the less you worry about the food, the less stress you have, which, again, I, to me, it's it's just all hormones. And to me, like I said, if I had all these physical restrictions thinking, okay, I'm never going to be able to do what I'm going to do, what I wanted to do, to have all that given back just, to me, has just been a lifesaver. It's, it's you know, I know you always say it's a tool in your toolbox, and it's it is. It's just you can, like, if someone's, if I see some. I've so many people that are now doing either intermittent fasting, or they'll ask me about keto. They ask me about intermittent fasting, and then I see them two or three months later because, I, like I said, I travel a lot with my job, and to see that they've lost 15, 20, 30 pounds, and I say, hey, if you ever got a question, give me a call. Because I'm not going to get really into how or what they're doing, but I, you know, I tell them always, I, I need to get a card made up. Read this, read the obesity code, read delay, don't deny, and now your new book. I'm halfway through your new right. book. I'm finished. Okay. I just finished part one. So good. And then, uh, but the obesity code makes you so mad. <laughs> oh, it does. It does. And you're like, what? The I hell? mean, it, it really opened my eyes. Yeah. I gave it to my mom. My, my mom's been big her whole life, but she's a baker. She makes wedding cakes and all this other stuff. And of course, she's snacking on them all the time. But I gave her, I said, uh, Mom, and I gave it to her. I said, uh, You're going to be really mad for the first 18 chapters. Just get through the first yeah. 18 chapters. <laughs> well, she reads so fast. She read it in a day and a half. And wow. she's like, You know what? And I'm like, yeah, I know, Mom. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. It makes you mad. Well, we are almost out of time, believe it or not. So what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you had first started? What I would tell people is uh, I have a lot of these little things. And the first one is, like you said, the realization. But it, all of them fall under one thing. I guess have a plan. I see people say, oh, you know, I've been this way 25 pounds for six months now. I'm not losing weight. I'm frustrated. But go back to when, if someone would have told you, look, this is all you have to do and you'll be 25 pounds lighter, you would have jumped on it in a heartbeat. So right. be tolerant with yourself. Be Forgive yourself. Don't be harsh. Give it time. It's, you took, like I said, for me, 50 years to not know what to do. To me, I've now, instead of going from seven or eight years left in my life, I got another 50 years. I'm halfway done, I am figure. Maybe a little less, 48. Uh, according to David, Dr. Sinclair's lifespan, I got a little more time. There you go. You did. <laughs> so just have a plan and don't be so dogmatic about it. Don't say, you know, everybody's in the favor. I'm off the wagon. You're not off the There's wagon. There's no wagon. You'll get to that chapter soon. That's in yeah. part three. There is no wagon. Yeah, there is no wagon. <laughs> take, the, take the analogy of, you see a jogger. 
that person doesn't jog all the time. He's not jogging constantly. That's not what makes him a jogger. There's some days he doesn't jog or someone who weightlifts. Sometimes they don't weightlift. So some days you're not going to IF. You're still, you can still be an IF or not do it all the time. And then the other thing is change it around. Do different experiments. Right. Don't get complacent. Like I said, I didn't lift, didn't work out for a whole year just to kind of see. And then now that I'm doing it and you see like, I saw like 11 pounds of weight gain and like, almost six weeks and I used to would have been, that would have scared me to death. And, but me, I, I actually lost an inch in my waist. So I see you gained weight on the scale, but right. you shrunk because yeah, body recomposition. I do weigh all the time, but it's for yeah. different reasons. And what I would say, have a plan. Don't be dogmatic about it. And when people, the other thing that really, I would really say is if somebody else in, around you is, I really do f- feel sorry for people because when, when someone's not supporting them, find somebody else. It might not be your spouse. My wife has been a blessing. I mean, she's been perfect all the time. Whatever you want to do, she's my affirmation person. She keeps me like, you know, the confirmations coming from the scale, the NSVs, the body recomp, but she's one, you know, you're, She's like a cheerleader for me. So find that person. It might not be your spouse. It might be a friend. It might be, you know, like I said, Facebook group. Right. But find someone who you can talk to who's going to have this kind of this, maybe the same interest, but maybe even the same goal because that's the person when times are when you do have a struggle that you can go to and say, hey, are you having trouble with this? Which is fantastic on your uh, Facebook group. It's Everybody, I think, gets all that positive feedback, and that's that's the biggest thing. You need to, if you're not getting that positive feedback, reach out and find it. Yeah, there are groups out there. There are people that can support you, people that are virtual to you and not even in your real world, and that can make such a difference. Well, Jerry, thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of your time in Charleston. We will. And thank you for telling your story today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.